Welcome to another episode of the 5th and 10 Fantasy Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm here joined with Andrew today. And, wow, week three's over. And I would say, Andrew, I think it was kind of a wacky week. You know, it was there was a lot of big-name players that did really good, but then there was a lot of no-name players who just stood out. Yeah, there definitely was a lot of, a lot of inconsistency. It, it was a kind of sporadic week based on... Your no names doing big numbers and your big names hurting you and taking that loss on your t- your team probably. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's some surprise top five players at their position. There's a lot of surprises, I think, of people who weren't even close to the top five and had very bad weeks. We will get into that, but first we're going to start out. We're going to give a little update on our league. Um, we week three is finished and we still we have two zero and three teams. We have one team that's 3-0, and we have a bunch of 2-1s or 1-2s. Um, so, I'll, I mean, I'll start it off. Uh, I played Andrew this week, and I got demolished this week, 183-77. Andrew's team went completely off, and, you know, he won on our league highest score for the week. And I had players just do really bad. I had Carson Palmer. You guys know how that game went. Um, I started Gronkowski. We know how that game went. Um, I had some players on my bench go off, which is never good, but by the looks of it, if, even if I had played those players on the bench, um, I still would have lost the game. Um, uh, let's see. Alex, who was 0-2 going to the week, was playing Kenny, who was 1-1, and Kenny squeezed out a very close game. He won by 174 to 162, and you know that's a close, close game. Alex is now on three. I feel bad for him. He's gone up against... Three teams, Andrew, that have just gone off against him. First week was 181 or 182. Second week was 182. Um, this week he went up against a guy who got 174 points. So that looks really bad for him. He's 0-3, but his, it's good that his team scored a lot of points. Yeah, it's, it's a different type of 0-3. It's one of those – it's an 0-3 based on you're facing top the top scorer of the week or the second top scorer of the week. In which, if your team is producing 150 or 160 in our league settings, which is above 20 points, above production. You should win with that score. Yeah. You should be winning most weeks, but obviously he's just gotten a little bad luck with the draw, and he's been going off against playing teams that are going off. Yeah, and one thing, he might start at 0-4, because, you know, he has a lot of Packers. He has Aaron Rodgers, he has Jordy Nelson, he has Randall Cobb, Eddie he Lacey. has Mason Crosby, he has Eddie Lacy, and they're all on bye this week. So that's going to really affect his team. He can start off 0-4, which is not good because that could put him in a big hole. Even though his team has looked solid in the last couple weeks, that might look, you know, be really hard to come back from. Yeah, it would be probably really hard to come back from, especially since he's playing me this week and I'm 3-0 and I get Le'Veon Bell back. So it just adds to more depth to the roster to put some damage on. Yeah, so I'll move on. Um, Will's team, who's not here with us right now, he won a small margin. He only won, got a score of 123, but he had beat Kevin, who got 112. And, you know, um, Kobe Fleener had a very good week for him, finally. Um, he was due, you know, Will was really hoping to have a good week, and he finally had his big week. Um, he was sweating a little bit. Devonta Freeman was having a good week, but, you know, the margin was just too big. Uh, moving on, we had Daniel become 2-1, won 138 to 106. And then we had... Uh, my coworker Elijah squeaked out a very small victory by two points based on home field advantage. In our league, we do a two-point home field advantage. So if there was no home field advantage, he would have tied. If Penny was the home team, then she would have won. So it was a very close game. Um, 
he was expected to win, but Julio Jones just had a very bad yeah. game. Julio disappeared. It basically was the top two receivers on each team, Brandon Cooks and Julio Jones, were non-existent in this in that game, basically. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel sorry for her. She's on three. Um, we'll see how it goes. She's going to have a good waiver pickup, which we'll get into later this episode. Some possible guys out there if you need, you know, if you have people on buy or injuries stacking up. Um, but we're going to go on and jump into scoring leaders for week number three. And um, it was just a weird week, Andrew, especially at a multiple position, quarterback especially. Um, I'll jump in. The number one quarterback in our league, this may be a little different than yours, but we had, believe it or not, quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Trevor Simeon, was the number one quarterback uh, for week three in our league system. He threw the ball 35 attempts. He completed 23 of them. He had 312 yards, and he had four touchdowns. So, I mean, that was a huge week for him, right, Andrew? Yeah, definitely. It was one of those things is that nobody really saw Simeon doing that, especially since it was his first road game, and it was at the Cincinnati Bengals, which the Bengals have a pretty solid defense considering. Yeah. So it, it was kind of a shock to see that. Maybe most people would have thought he would have broken even, maybe one touchdown, one, mm-hmm. two interceptions, one, maybe one interception, something like that. But to see him put up numbers like that, and he was hitting Emmanuel Sanders deep and often. So Yeah, we'll get back into Emmanuel in a little bit. Um, that was a good week. Number two quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's good to see him back into the top five because, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so that's good for him. He did fi- he only threw the ball 24 times, 15 completions, but he did have 200 yards and four touchdowns. Very early in the game he did well. I think they pulled back a, bit, a little bit on their offense in the second half, and it showed they ran the ball a lot more. He also did have 22 rushing yards. Uh, number three quarterback was who Aaron Rodgers faced uh, opposing his team, and that's the Detroit Lions. Good bounce-back week for Matthew Stafford, who had a – not so good week two at home against Tennessee in their home debut. He had 28 re- completions for 41 attempts. He did throw a pick, but he had three touchdowns, and he had 11 rushing yards. Um, number four, Drew Brees, another guy you know you expect to see in the top five week by week. Um, he threw it 54 times, which is a ton. Completed 36 of them. He did have an interception. That was just a great pick. Yeah, It was a yeah. pick six, I believe, And you know, but he did throw three touchdowns. That was Andrew's quarterback. And number five, rounding it out, was a guy who had a Horrendous week two. Good to see him bounce back, and that's Jameis Winston of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know he had, he threw the ball fifty eight times, which I mean, if you have a quarterback who can throw who's going to throw that much, that's going to be good for fantasy. He completed thirty six of them. He also had a pick, but he had three touchdowns and four hundred and five yards and thirteen receptions. He did lose a fumble, so that did help him. Or sorry, hurt hurt him. him. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's some guys we'll get into. I don't need to go into points, but you know, like Carson Wentz had a solid week, which you know Dak Prescott had a solid week. Yeah, rounding rounding out your top ten is you got a lot of um, rookie rookie quarterbacks and players that are inexperienced in there. So yeah, then we did have you know that Carson Palmer who got negative points in our league. Yeah, um, you know I would say you know he was he had a very bad game. But those picks towards the end were kind of him just throwing it up and hoping for the best. Yeah, he was kind of had to force it because they were down. Which but before that, he did not have a good game. You know, it is hard sometimes for some teams, especially them, their West Coast team, had to play a 10 a.m. game on the very East Coast in Buffalo. That could have affected it. We'll see. They'll be back at home. Hopefully, that'll be better for him. Um, there's another guy, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Terrible game. I don't think anybody saw Philadelphia killing the Steelers, 34 to three. Nobody was. That was just that. a blowout, and I, that was the most unexpected. You know. You're facing. You're in Philadelphia. You know that's not bad. You don't got to travel far though. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, no, both in the same state. Game yeah, and Carson Wentz had a good game, but Pittsburgh's everyone on their team had a bad game, and that was very. I think definitely out of the quarterbacks, he was the biggest surprise to have 
about a week as he did. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm going to let Andrew go ahead, and he's going to jump and talk about the top five running backs for the week. And in our league, you know, it's a PPR league, surprisingly the top two running backs in our league were both on the Atlanta Falcons. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously both both uh, running backs that are the top one and two this week were both Atlanta Falcons, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Yeah, both of them obviously exploded against that Saints defense last last night, which was Monday Night Football. Um, yeah, it it, it was I it was basically the definition of a shootout. The Saints defense was not able to stop the running game nor the short passing game, and as a PPR system, uh, Coleman and Freeman just reaped the reward of gathering touchdowns. Because Matt Ryan didn't really throw it at all to Julio, it was basically the running backs out of the backfield mm-hmm. running it and dump off passes and screens. Yeah, I mean, I'll go into their stats. You know, Devonta Freeman they split carries fourteen to twelve. Freeman two extra carries, but Freeman had one hundred and fifty-two yards, which is a ton, especially on fourteen carries. He had five receptions, fifty-five receiving yards, and he caught a receiving touchdown. On the other hand, Devon, uh, Tevin Coleman, who had a great game, had twelve rushes, only forty-two yards. But he did get three rushing touchdowns, and that's huge, especially mm-hmm. at rushing. And he still caught the ball three times for 47 yards. Those are the top two guys. Who was number three, Andrew? Um, the number three running back is DeMarco Murray of the Titans. He had a really solid game against Oakland, um, considering the fact that Oakland's defense did, did looked very susceptible in the first two weeks against New Orleans and Atlanta. So, obviously, it's not too much of a surprise to see that DeMarco Murray was able to put up uh, 16 on 16 rush attempts, 114 yards, and a touchdown, and also some, and also five receptions for over 40 yards. So he he had a really good game, and considering the that Tennessee didn't score that many points, he was able to get that one touchdown punch, which uh, just adds to that point point total. Yeah, one thing that has surprised me a lot for Demarco Murray this year is he's getting the ball past him. He already has 17 yeah. receptions, and he has over 100 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Like. Philadelphia did not use him that way, and that might have hurt him because if they're, he's shown that he could be that good of a receiving running back and a Chip Clay offense, that could have been really good. That honestly has been a huge surprise to me. Um, and who was number four, the fourth running back? Well, also, also um, who scored 26 points in our league and t- tied at number three would been would be Carlos Hyde. Um, he played against Seattle, considering the fact that when, in when, Seattle, yeah, too. Was in Seattle when they went when Seattle went up big. Um, Basically, Carlos Hyde was non-existent, kind of. But then, once the game started going on and you started entering like the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, Carlos Hyde started breaking out some runs and he scored a couple touchdowns. So it, it, it was more or less that basically in garbage time he was able to pick up those points. But hey, garbage points count. Yeah, that's for sure. And to round out the top five was the running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, David Johnson. Yeah. Um, Another another constant solid running back. He's a top five finisher in most weeks already, and he's already putting putting up two rushing touchdowns against the Bills. Even though it was a kind of a, a one sided shoot, a one sided blowout in favor of Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, David Johnson was able still to pick up those two rushing touchdowns, which made up for his lack of production elsewhere. Yeah, um, just to talk about a couple other running backs. Charles Sim had a good week for you know. It's the guy who's the backup now, the starter until Doug Martin returns. Doug Martin returns. Um, Jeremy Hill finally had a good week. You know and that was surprising to see. He had ninety-seven yards on with two touchdowns against a Denver defense, and that was very surprising to see. And Todd Gurley emerges from the grave. There you go. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott had a good 
The thing is with Ezekiel, which is he had 30 rush cuts, which is crazy now. Had 140 yards, but he got two goal line carries taken away from him, and both Dunbar and Morris scored on. So that hurts him. Yeah. Because that could have been a he probably he'd be for sure the number one running back this week if he got those he'd, two he'd touchdowns. He'd be definitely twenty plus if he had got those touchdowns. Um, you know we had a couple guys. You know it was nice to see Eddie Lacy got a hundred receipt or rushing yards. It's good to see some players like him bounce back. Um, D'Angelo Williams had a very down week as the whole Pittsburgh offense did. Um, you know there's some names down there like Matt Forte did not have a good week, who started off very hot. Um, Crowell had a down week after his good week number two. Um, is there anyone I'm think not can't think of off the top of my head, Andrew, that you want to stand out or talk about how well they or how bad they did? Well, ma- mainly it was kind of like like C.J. Anderson. I saw you. You would think that he uh, obviously he was doing for good in the first two weeks, and obviously Denver would want to have a little bit more of a focus on the running game. But obviously the Bengals decided wanted to take that away, and they made Simeon for- force to pass the ball, and he obviously. Showed he was capable of doing it, but it was just kind of disappointing to see Anderson not be able to put up that many points. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to wide receivers, number one receiver in our league was Marvin Jones, who got six receptions, 205 yards, and two touchdowns on eight targets. Um, a lot of that does have to do, he had a lot of deep bombs that he connected on with Stafford, so that looked good, and he got the touchdowns. Um, he was the number one guy this week. I think that was a big surprise. I think that was a surprise that he made the top five for sure this week. Um, number two is a guy who needed to bounce back, and he did. You know, to do it he soon, did yeah. publicly say he needs the ball. He wasn't getting enough targets. And look, what do you know? He got the most targets and receptions on his team, and it wasn't even close. And he got nine receptions, 117 yards, and he caught those two touchdowns. So that's good to see Emmanuel back into it. Uh, another guy who has had a slow start, that's T.Y. Hilton, the number three wide receiver. Um, he had eight receptions, 174 yards, and he had that late touchdown. That was a deep yeah, pass. Yeah, was that a 60-yarder, 50, 55-yarder? Yeah, so even before TD. that, he did have 100 receiving yards, but that obviously put him over the top. Yeah, definitely. Another guy is Doug Baldwin, who um, consistently – or two out of three games he's done very good. He, against L.A., he did not have a good game, but that whole offense against Los Angeles yeah, like did it, not look it good. Was a three. Eight receptions, 164 yards, one touchdown. And to round that out, uh, surprise – by Cleveland. a lot, and that Cleveland, a Cleveland receiver. receiver, and no, it is not Josh Gordon, and no, it is not Coleman, who is now hurt, and that is Terrell Pryor, a guy who was on the roster bubble to even make this roster, had a great game. He caught eight catches, 144 yards. He ran the ball four times, 21 to- for 21 yards, and got a rushing touchdown. He even threw the ball and got for five attempts and got 35 yards. So that's even a point right there. Yeah. Um. So you know that was a big week. He's in a. We'll get into him later. But that was a guy we did not see in the top five. Um, you know, there was a couple guys. Antonio Brown had a good week, even though that offense did bad. Yeah, he was still definitely in a PPR system. Antonio Brown was still putting up over his projection, but obviously in a standard league, he didn't meet up to expectations with minus that touchdown he did not get. Yeah, and then, you know, there was a couple guys who just did not have a good week that you expect. You want DeAndre Hopkins to have a good week. Uh, Edelman did not have a good week, but that was kind of expected with based on who was playing at quarterback. Um, you know, there was no, I can't think of, I can't think of Tom had a big name, so he just had a really, really bad week. I'm like, there was, I'm like, Mike, you're, you're seeing Randall Cobb not put up any points, which that's, yeah, that's, a, that's, really a, done that's a player you drafted in your mid rounds, like the, maybe around the fifth, sixth round, depending on what, what league you're running. Yeah. Brandon Marshall didn't have a good week, but you know, it's through six picks, so. Yeah. So you, what, <laughs> what do you expect? 
Yeah, so um, we're going to go ahead and move into tight ends. I'll let Andrew discuss those top five tight ends. Uh, basically, yeah, your number one tight end this week was Zach Miller of the Chicago Bears. It was kind of a surprise to see Zach Miller finish at the number one spot. He did and end up catching two touchdown passes, eight receptions for 78 yards. Um, him and Brian Hoyer must have felt comfortable in getting the ball to each other, and obviously the Bears were down uh, most of the game, so they were playing catch-up, and obviously Hoyer had to throw the ball. So it was just more of a kind of a situational play, and obviously Miller reaped the rewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for our number two tight end this week, it was Kobe Fleener of the New Orleans Saints. This was a first time showing, basically, of what Fleener can do this in what New Orleans. Fleener, uh, owners were hoping for. Yeah, th- this is what they wanted to start from week one, but with Fleener's injury in the offseason, it limited his ability to sync with Breeze. But obviously, we're starting to see it come around now. So uh-huh. hopefully, this is a good sign for, for Fleener owners who are obviously had big hopes for him. He had seven receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown, which. Obviously, is good. Number numbers. three was a surprise, and this is the guy who's replaced the Austin Severn Jenkins, who got the DUI and got cut, and I now just got claimed by the New York Jets. But and that is Cameron Bray. Go ahead, Andrew. Now Cameron Bray, he he, he was one of those kind of those sneaky plays where you don't really you, you kind of like looking for a potential kind of um, boom player because obviously you didn't really Cameron know Cameron Bray was is currently owned in point nine percent of leagues. Yeah, he, he he only he only got a tiny bit boost in own in own ownership just based on Severian Jenkins getting cut, but no one would have predicted him to be able to put up twenty plus points in that week after Severian Jenkins gets cut. He did bring in five receptions for forty six yards and those two touchdowns, which mm-hmm. obviously was key. But it was just, it's just one of those players that it was he he was in a shootout with uh um, L, with the LA Rams and. He obviously benefited from it, and it was a, it was definitely a surprise to see him be able to finish in the top five. Um, for your, your number four tight end, and and was also Travis Kelsey was also tied with Kevin Rudolph for the fourth spot. Uh, both players had really good games. Um, Travis Kelsey caught a touchdown pass, uh, six receptions and eighty nine yards. Um, that that win against the Jets was more of a defensive battle. Ryan Fitzpatrick looked bad, so. The Kansas City, once they got up big enough, they started running the ball. So, Kelsey did most of his damage in the first half. And Kyle Rudolph, uh, who also finished at fourth to round out, tied for fourth to round out the top five, he had he caught another touchdown pass as well. Seven receptions for 70 yards against Carolina. Most players, most people would think uh, Rudolph wouldn't maybe have that great of a game because Luke Keekley was supposed to, was going to be on him most of the game, but. When they li- when they lined up Rudolph outside as that wide receiver, when he caught his touchdown pass, he drew safety coverage, and that's how he got his twenty yard touchdown pass, and that's where it goes from there. Yeah, and I'm just gonna plug in real quick some tight ends. It was good to see Jimmy Graham back. Finally, you know, positive sign. Positive for Jimmy six steps, hundred yards, and that touchdown. He did lose a fumble, so that hurt his stats a little bit, but. It was good to see him back. You know, he obviously was not drafted high in leagues, but if you have, you're like my team, where you know you have him on your roster, to, you know, hope he can regain at least a little bit of the form. That's always nice to see. Um, we finally saw Gary Barnage have a solid game, so that's always nice. We had a couple guys, you know, that did not produce that were early picks, like Jordan Reed did not have a very good game. Um, I mean, obviously Gronkowski did not have a good game. J. 
Jason Wynn didn't have a good game. So there were some guys that yeah, there, did there, not have good games. Yeah, there's a couple players like Jordan Reed. He needs he needs to start finding the end zone. He, he's been in the red. He was a great red zone target, and just Kirk Cousins needs to be able to pull it together in the red zone. He's already has two interceptions in the red zone, which is more than two more than most teams have in the entire league. Yeah. Um, so that's tight ends. We're going to move on. I'll just talk about top three defenses and kickers. Uh, the top defense this week in our league was the Chiefs, who, um, I mean, they just had a crazy week. They had two fumble recoveries, six, six interceptions, interceptions, and two touchdowns. Yeah, so they, they, that's just awesome. Yeah, they, they tied an NFL record for the second most um, turnovers by a team in a game, forcing, forcing turnovers eight. Yeah. Um, then the... Minnesota Vikings, another great defensive week against the Panthers, which was a surprise. Um, three interceptions, and they got a defensive touchdown. And and that safety. Which and I believe they had like eight sacks or something ridiculous eight, in the game. Eight sacks, a safety, a punt return. So Yeah, they just had a bunch of stuff. And then the Patriots had a good defensive week with that shutout against Houston. Yeah, that shutout was worth a lot of points, considering the fact that they didn't get much else, considering besides an interception and two fumbles. Yeah, top three kickers in our league. Where uh, Justin Tucker was 4 for 4 and got one extra point for 17 points in our league. Then we had Dustin Hopkins was 5 for 5. Anytime a kicker can kick that many field goals, that's going to be good with two extra points. Matt Prater was 2 for 3. He didn't miss a field goal, but he had three extra points. And I believe he had two 50-yarders, or two deep kicks. Yeah, there, w- there was definitely some solid kickers putting up 10-plus, pu- 10 which is obviously a good sign if you want to have a kicker to be able to put you up solid numbers. You, Mike, you're not expecting your kicker to win you the league, but... Once in a while, you'll get a kicker that scores 17, and you're like, whoa, that, that guy was a nice player right there. Yeah. Um, so I'm, we're going to go on and move on to a new topic, and we're going to talk about some you know, possible free agent finds in your leagues for week number four. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'll name the first one, and that's you know, a guy who had a great week, only owned in 23.7% of leagues, and that's the Cleveland Browns wide receiver Terrell Pryor. You know, he was just a fixture. He was, you know, a fixture on this list each week so far this season, uh, but he just exploded onto the scene week three. Um, we already talked about his stats. That was just great. You know, it looks like they're going to use him in multiple ways, which is always good for receivers. They're going to use him to, you know, he'll get like three passes maybe a game. He'll rush the ball, and he's right as of right now, he's their number one target. He's six foot six. He ran a 4-4 when he came out of college, so he's huge and he's fast and he's big. He's definitely versatile. He is able to see a lot more of the ball in a Cleveland offense which lacks explosive ability without Josh Gordon and a quarterback to throw it deep as of right now with Kessler at the, at the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy I will bring up, and that's the running back for Chicago. And no, it is not Lankford. That is Jordan Howard, the rookie. Especially with Lankford getting injured for about four to six yep. weeks. Lankford hurt his ankle, and Howard looks like he's going to be the new number one running back. He's only on a 15 half league, so if you need a running back for this week, or possibly a little heading forward. Um, Howard's a guy you can look at. They did sign Joyke Bell, but I don't think he's going to be huge, too big of a factor. Oh, no, no. They're, they're definitely not going to have them. They might, I believe they signed Joyke Bell just because the running back behind Jordan um, Jordan Howard was hurt. I, f- I forgot what his name was, but yeah. He, he, Kadeem he, Carey. Yeah, Kadeem Carey, yeah. He was also um, on the injury list. He didn't play last week, so they kind of had to sign him just based on for depth for the roster. Yeah, um... So, I mean, Howard looks like he could be a solid pickup. He did get 47 receiving yards, which is always good for a guy that's going to be a running back if he can catch the ball, too. 
Yeah. Um, who's another guy, Andrew, that you would like to bring up? Um, Orleans Dar- Darkwa, uh, the running back for the Giants. He's an interesting play based on, obviously, with Shane Vereen's injury for the season and Rashad Jen- Jennings still out with a hand issue. He can definitely see the starting role. He's gonna he might be splitting time with like Bob with Bobby Rainey, but obviously he's def it's gonna be one of those maybe committee backfield fields until Rashad Jennings returns, but he's still an interesting play to be able to look into maybe playing him for that one week because of some obviously injuries or you have people on by it. It's just a consider it's a, definitely a pickup worth considering. Yeah, um, another guy that um, I'm going to bring up. That's the wide receiver with Dallas Cowboys, not Des Bryant. That's Cole Beasley, who's only owned in 14.5% of leagues. And if you are in a PPR league, he is you need, old. And you need a receiver, he needs to be that guy. He is, no, he has not caught a touchdown yet, but he gets the ball thrown to him, thrown to him, thrown to him. He needs to be picked up in PPR league, especially. You know, Des Bryant is dealing with an injury. Doesn't look too serious. We'll see how that plays out. But he's a guy who's just getting passes, passes. No, they're not deep passes. They're short passes, but in PPR leagues, Catches count. Who cares if it's one yard, or nine yards, if or ten he, yards? If he finishes eight receptions for six for sixty-eight yards, that's fourteen. He points. will put in a PPR league. He will give you double digits yeah. pretty much every week. He's that Julian Edelman. No, he will not score the touchdowns as much as Julian Edelman, but he catches the ball and he gets thrown to a ton, especially by um, their quarterback. Oh yeah, definitely. And then There's another guy. Andrew. Uh, another another running back that looked interesting was um, Darren Sproles of the Eagles. I'm like. He is owned in almost 50% of leagues, but just based on that name value, people kind of like like drafting Sproles. I'm like, he's your, he's your kind of all-around all player with your punt returning and obviously with explosive plays out of the backfield. But with Ryan, but he's been splitting a lot more time with Ryan Matthews. He's seeing a lot more rush attempts, uh-huh. which is obviously a good sign for his value. It's definitely, a, definitely an interesting interesting to keep an eye on if he's if he's unowned i would definitely throw a, an ad on him to see see where he goes throughout the throughout the year because obviously carson wentz is looking good at quarterback and the offense is looking explosive so he's obviously going to see the action yeah another guy i'm talking about and that's jameson crowder the washington redskins uh receiver he's definitely their slot guy in ppr leagues he has a higher upside um you know he's been getting major red zone targets this season which is always big he's at eight in the three games, he's had eight red zone looks, you know, and that's just good. If you can, if you're the slot receiver and you're getting red zone looks, that's just always good. He's only owning 11.1 percent of league, so he's a guy you should definitely look at. Um, another guy to look at, I think, is, and this is if you need a quarterback for a bye week, and it depends on who he's playing. And that's actually Trevor Simeon. He's only owning 4.7 percent of leagues. You know, he had a great showing against the Bengals defense, and now he faces. The generous Tampa Bay pass defense, who you know teams have shown they can pass against them. So if he's a guy you need, yeah, maybe you don't. Tri- maybe you have a Russell Wilson who's might be hurt, you know, or you have you're an Aaron Rodgers owner who's on a bye. He could be a guy that maybe possibly look out. You know, depend who's in your league. He's only on a four point seven percent of the league, which means he's pretty much probably going to be able to pick up. He's a guy you could possibly look at. He's a, he's a quarterback, especially with uh, uh, Buccaneers defense that allowed the the Rams to be able to throw up a bunch of numbers on them so it, it was it was interesting to see that so if, if you're getting the LA Rams and they're run, run heavy past second offense putting up good numbers against the, the Buccaneers defense it's definitely worth a, a look yeah um to round out this list and that's going to be the Arizona wide receiver no it's not Larry Fitzgerald obviously and it's not Michael Floyd and that's actually Jerron Brown 
um, who looks like he's definitely taken over the number three receiver role this season. He's getting a lot more targets, you know, and now Michael Floyd's dealing with a concussion. So we know who knows how that'll be. But, you know, he's been he's definitely he carries value, I think, now, especially because the Cardinals use a lot of three wide receiver sets. And he looks so far this season to take over for John Brown. Um, that's for sure. You know, so he's worth an add in deeper leagues, I would say, um, moving forward, especially yeah, now with Michael Floyd nursing that concussion. Yeah, more of like a 12-man 12, 12, 12 or more league. He's worth an add to see how he goes on that bench. But obviously, with injuries, uh, when Michael Floyd was susceptible to injuries, he's definitely worth a pickup. So like, obviously he'll get some starting time with Floyd if he misses with time with a concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any final thoughts on week three, Andrew? It was just kind of week three was an interesting week. It had a lot of up and down games, it, like overall some just games in general. Like many people didn't expect the Steelers to get blown out, which obviously swayed fantasy stats. It, it D'Angelo Williams' stats took a hit. Antonio Brown and standard leagues obviously didn't do the too great. He had like 140 receiving yards, which is still 14 points, but. No, everybody was still ex- expecting him to explode, and obviously anybody who started Roethlisberger hoping for a, a decent or, or a good game was obviously heavily disappointed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode, Week 3 Recap and Waiver Pickups. Um, I'd like you to thank you guys all for joining us, and you guys have a good rest of your night or day, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. All right, see you.